0: Brought to you with the natural goodness of Viridian Nutrition, available at Browns. I'm Trudy Kerr and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series, I talk to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, performers, sportsmen and women politicians, businessmen and women, and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. Today I am joined by a multi-talented woman. My guest is a psychotherapist, a businesswoman, a television presenter, a mother, a wife, and a darn funny and brilliant woman. Mariella Demek was on the interviewer almost a year ago to the day we talked about COVID, mental health, and how to survive the global pandemic. But today... I'm talking to Mariella about a topic I never dreamed would be the theme of our conversation. But today I'm talking to Mariella about a topic I never dreamed would be the theme of our conversation. Today we're talking about cannabis, weed, joints, marijuana, in the light of Mariella being appointed as the executive chairperson of the new Cannabis Authority, following Malta becoming the first EU nation to legalise cannabis in December last year. Mariella,
1: what a surprise to be having
0: this conversation. First of all, welcome. Lovely to see you. My goodness.
1: Always, always very happy to see you, Trudy. Well,
0: listen, we are going to talk about cannabis in a minute. I I just never, ever thought that this would be a phone call I would make to you. And I'm like, we you've got to come on the show. We've got to talk about (laughs) weed, man. Um, But before we go on, let's talk about how you are. Uh, We did talk about COVID last time you were here and thank you so much because you touched so many people's lives. We were in the middle of a lockdown and it was very difficult times. Now we're easing our way out of that. How are you? How is your situation? How
1: do you see the world right now? I think the aftermath of COVID is going to be felt in the coming years. I believe that people have suffered and are still suffering. I think it's taken its toll on various levels Uh, First of all, in an economic sense, I think there are people who have suffered economically. Mentally, I think the issue of loneliness has really hit home. Um, People have had a hard time because even they have lost people and they have not been able to be present when people were sick because of COVID rules. Um, The fact that people could not, young people uh, for example, my 18-year-old daughter is sitting at home instead of going to university. She's learning online. Students have suffered. I think it's been tough all, all along. However, I always believe that when we deal with difficult situations in our life, we build up our resilience. I mean, in the face of all this, I think there have been, there have been a lot of people who have shown how resilient they are. And we also begin to recognize how people care about each other. Well, okay, look, let's talk about your role, because I'm
0: really excited about this. But before we go into the role itself and your decision to take the role, I want to talk about cannabis and be very clear what we are referring to. So let's identify. Wikipedia states, cannabis, also known as marijuana, among other names, is a psychoactive drug from the cannabis plant. The cannabis plant has been used as a drug for both recreational and ethnological purposes, in a various range of traditional medicines for centuries. Tetrahydrocannab...
1: that is cannibal, THC. that's what we know as THC.
0: THC, I was going for the posh long version yeah, of that. I don't is the main psychoactive component of cannabis, which is one of the 483 known compounds. Now this is a whole bunch of big words that I struggle to even pronounce. And I think that perhaps a lot of us don't understand that. But there is a main theme here, which is psychoactive. So before we talk about anything else, let's define what cannabis is and what we're talking about, because we are talking about today cannabis as a recreational drug. What does
1: psychoactive mean? And what is cannabis really? Okay, cannabis can be divided into into two parts. Let's simplify it. You have cannabis. um, There are two main components that are, uh, derived and that are used. You have the THC, and that is the part that's going to give you that feeling of feeling high. Um, uh, it's a mind-altering substance. And then there's the CBD. The CBD has a calming effect, but you don't you don't get the feeling of uh, feeling high, and and it's not a mind-altering substance. Um, When cannabis is used not for medical purposes, it is used because it makes a person experience a certain feeling that is pleasurable to them. At no point in time uh, would I ever promote or suggest that somebody should use cannabis. Um, Although I am the chairperson of the Authority on the Responsible Use of Cannabis, it does not in any way mean that I would ever suggest or or promote anybody to feel better with a substance.
0: So we are going to come to all of that in just okay. a minute. But before we get there, because I want you to, to, to voice your opinion and why you got involved. But I'm still trying to define what cannabis is. So you talked about the fact that it could give somebody a a pleasurable feeling that perhaps, and I'm assuming it's a pleasurable feeling, but you can also get quite paranoid with cannabis as well.
1: There are side effects. There are side effects for some people, yes. So if a person, and, and, and the difficulty that exists in this is that there isn't uh, a sign on anyone's forehead saying, listen, you will react this way with cannabis and you will react another way with cannabis. It depends very much on the type of cannabis. It depends very much on the level of THC. It depends very much if chemicals have been added. It depends very much on the quality. And we, I hope, will have time to talk about why legalizing it. It's not legalizing it. It's It's um, putting it within a framework. There are some persons who will be affected in a certain way with cannabis and there are other people who will be affected in another way. There are people who will get addicted to cannabis and there are people who will smoke cannabis twice a year and move on.
0: Well, let's be very clear about this THC as well, because before we go any further, cannabis has a great deal of healing properties. We talked about that. You just mentioned that. And in actual fact, uh, Damon Booth was on the show about 10 months ago uh, talking about uh, the oil, CBD oil, which is now very, very popular. And he grows cannabis that has almost 0% of THC in it. And this is what we talked about being the part that makes you high and it's widely distributed uh, as assisting in all sorts of medical conditions or even just relaxing and calming and so on and so forth but when in relation to the recent recent legislation I just want to be clear we're not talking about CBD oil we're not talking about that area we are actually talking about adults being able to carry up to seven grams of cannabis and grow no more than four plants at home uh, and this is regular cannabis that we would refer to as dope or weed or marijuana. That's what we're talking about, yeah.
1: Yes. The thing is this: uh, you talk about dope. Dope has um, many meanings, so I won't. I wouldn't use dope because people can use dope for other kind of drugs and substances. Um, uh, Medical marijuana has THC in it too, but we're not going to be talking about medical marijuana. We are going to be talking about cannabis that is um, not used for medical reasons. So
0: without wanting to typecast, let's get to the real gritty about this. Who does this change in the legislation appeal to? Who in Malta smokes cannabis? Because right up until recently, it would have been illegal, I assume, to grow your own plants, to have your own plants. We know that. There was a case a number of years back where a gentleman was in in prison for a long term for being in possession of relatively small amount of cannabis.
1: Well, first of all, um, I have to say that I have been working within the field of addiction and field of substance misuse for over two decades. I spent 21 years working and running and starting off being a part of the team that started off the whole idea of rehabilitation in Malta. So um, I know, not just from research, but I also know, because when you spend over 20 years working with substance abusers, you tend to know what what the traits are. You tend to know what the substances are. So according to research, and also according to the experience I've had working with substance abusers, the substance most abused in Malta is alcohol and cannabis. Okay, And it has been, and it has been for many, many years, and I'm talking easily 10, 20 years. It is the most, uh, uh, alcohol and cannabis are the most abused. And if you look at the statistics, if you look at the National Focal Point and you look at the, uh, the highest incidence of arrests made for substance abuse, the highest incidence of arrests made for substance abuse is the arrests made for cannabis, Not for heroin, not for cocaine, not for ecstasy. Let's be very clear. People don't pay attention to this and they don't really uh, attend to it. But the truth is cannabis is used by a wide range of people. You have professional people, you have adults, you have 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds who will maybe work all day, work hard, and maybe at the end of the day, uh, they might smoke or on the weekend... Um, you have, it's true, young people, you have mid- all types. You have from the highest uh, educational level to the lowest. It is a drug, like alcohol, that is used. Widely used? Widely used, and it's been widely used. But where has it been coming from? Because now the legislation has changed. It's, um, it's, it's, let me make it very clear. Around the world... You have a situation where drugs are being bought and sold through a black market system. It's 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 a fact. Are there people in Malta? Were
0: there people in Malta prior to this that were growing locally, or was it being imported?
1: I don't think that the majority of cannabis being sold in Malta was local. Okay, um, but I I don't like you know just saying sweeping statements unless I have facts. Of course. But from my experience of working within this field, I don't think that the majority of cannabis being uh, smoked in Malta was local. Uh, the thing is this. It's not going to be a free-for-all, truly. It's not going to be a free-for-all. There aren't going to be coffee shops around the island and, and people smoking joints walking in the streets. It's not. That is not what this law is about. This law is about safety, this law is about harm reduction. This law is about creating a framework where if an 18-year-old unfortunately decides that he, wants, he or she wants to smoke cannabis, instead of going to a dealer, because when you go to a dealer to buy cannabis, that dealer is not just selling marijuana, cannabis. That dealer will be selling other drugs. So that 18-year-old is exposed being able to buy not just cannabis that the 18-year-old might be exposed to buying other drugs unlike if there is an organization if an 18-year-old goes to a dealer to buy cannabis that 18-year-old one is exposed to other drugs two is mixing with people who are illegal and who are dealing and who are not going to be the best role models and give advice to an 18-year-old, three, that person is also going to be selling other drugs, and four, he's going to be selling cannabis that you don't know what it's laced with. You don't know the quality of it, you don't know the level of THC, and therefore you don't know what's going to happen to you. The organizations are going to be offering something different. The organizations are going to be selling cannabis that the authority will be testing its quality. The authority has to know the level of THC the different strands of cannabis that is being sold. The people who sell are going to be trained to recognize red flags. There's going to be no promotion. There's going to be no pushing. There's going to be no dealing. There's going to be no profits in these organizations. That 18-year-old who unfortunately has decided to smoke cannabis will only be offered cannabis and will be educated and will be told, if you smoke this cannabis, it has X amount level of THC in it. The effect will be this. There is a safety zone. Is it the best solution? The best is that you don't need substances to feel better, calmer. It's true. But the truth is, this is the safest way.
0: You have just, as I'm listening to you, created a second set of questions because I've already scripted the show, but now I'm thinking, but I need to ask him early about this and this and this. Let's go through this in a in okay. a in a, a ordered way by asking the first question. You were originally speaking out against the cannabis legislation. Now you're chairing the cannabis authority yes. and even when you said spoke then you talked about it as if you really don't approve of cannabis. Is that right? And if so, why are you chairing this?
1: I'll tell you why I'm chairing it, because I want a good job done. And I believe it can be done in a good way. I believe that I can sit back and just complain, or I can be part of something and make it work. But you're not condoning cannabis. You're still not condoning cannabis either. I will never, either. Listen, I, will, my, I, the authority, the board, we are not people... I don't even think the government who passed the law would ever promote substance abuse. It's not about promoting substance abuse. It's not about that. It's about harm reduction. It's about making it safe. And let me tell you something. When I worked in rehabilitation, the the first thing I learned was that when you have a person who has a problem of addiction, the best solution is total abstinence. Not only total abstinence from drugs, But total abstinence, even from alcohol, even if you don't have an alcohol problem. Why? Because if somebody has an addiction problem, they need to stay away. I appreciate that. If you have an addiction,
0: stay away from the source of your addiction. I get it. So then that begs the question. And I think myself and a lot of people who are outside of the medical or the, the psycho- psychology sphere would yes. be asking the same question. Was the legalization of cannabis at this time a political stunt? When you say yourself that the best way to keep away, to, to deal with an addiction is to keep away and abstain from it, legalizing it, surely that no, makes it but more accessible.
1: Didn't, okay, let me finish what I was saying. Because what I was saying is this, that part of my education in working with substance abuse was uh, having to accept That no matter how hard you work at helping people not need to depend on substances, no matter, the truth of the matter is that people will abuse substances. The truth of the matter is that no matter the work that we did, 20 years directly involved, I was very aware that at the end of the day, that even when we worked with people, that we have to understand that... We cannot say because you're not abstinent for everything, I'm not going to help you. I had to create and help create another section in our service called harm reduction. I had to learn about that. I had to understand it. And I had to accept that, and this is reality around the world, this is not about what is politically correct or not. This is about being aware of research and being aware of exactly what this law is, this law is not about making money. This law is not about. This law is about creating a harm reduction safety place. This law is about being and this is why I took on this role, not because the board will ever promote substance abuse. It's because at the end of the day, we need to accept that harm reduction has to exist. Otherwise, the people who do choose to abuse substances, and not all of them are addicts, we have to be honest and say that. They need to have the safest way possible to do that. We have a section not just on uh, monitoring what is going to be do- done and how it's done and applying for the license, etc. We have a, a section that I am creating because this is my thing that I believe in a lot that has to do with education, harm reduction, training, I mean, we're going to offer training, not just to the people who are selling the cannabis, but to organisations, to businesses who are worried, to the police, to anybody who would like to know how to deal with these issues.
0: I'm going to be devil's advocate for one second and ask you that question once again, because I still see myself, perhaps, and other people viewing this legalisation of cannabis as perhaps a political stunt. Let's be the most liberal country in the EU when it comes to cannabis. But what you're suggesting is that wasn't the motivation. Was there ever anything in your mind that suggested this was a political stunt? Or was it always about controlling a problem situation?
1: Well, I think, unfortunately, the majority of people who hear about this law don't know it, don't read about it. They don't even read the articles. They read the titles of articles. You see it on social media. You see it on the papers. I think there's a very small percentage of people who really know what this law is. Because the law is not liberal. The law basically is creating a space so that accepting the reality of the situation that the most abused substance is alcohol and cannabis and creating a space so that this is done in the safest way possible. This cannabis is not going to be sold for profit. This cannabis is not going to be sold like dealers sell it. I took on this job. It has nothing to do with politics at all for me to, to take on this job. I took on this job because this is a challenge. It is a field that I understand in. I'm very interested in. And I would like Malta, since Malta is the first country in the EU, I would like Malta to be pilot project. Because the truth is that although Malta is the first country to say, listen, we are going to create this law that allows a safe space for people, but to do it in a harm reduction way, then yes, I would like more. I would like us to do a good job of it. I would like us to conduct research. I would like us to show that, listen, up front, does it work? Doesn't it work? Will everything work? No, I don't think everything will work perfectly, but we will learn along the way. I've always cared for substance abusers. I've always cared for society in Malta, and I'm very proud. I want Malta to be proud of the fact that the way we have organized and created a framework and conducted our research in the way cannabis is being uh, taken in Malta is a very professional way where other countries are watching very closely. But what was that moment, that
0: specific moment, if you can identify it, where you said, "I am not against this legislation anymore. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to lead it." Was there a point where you just said, "Okay, this is going ahead anyway,"
1: or did you change your mind before that? I think my thinking process was first of all, um, in all the discussion, discussion rising up to to the law being passed. I did not get involved. I was not involved at all. I think my thoughts were more, okay, let me understand the law. So the first thing I did was I sat down and I read the law and I tried to understand the law. And I feel that at the end of the day, I will do my best. So I don't think my thinking was about, do I agree with it or not? It's passed. It's done. What can I do about it now? It was not my remit to think about or to pass comments on it when it was when I was asked when they were talking about it, I gave my point of view. And my point of view was always conduct research. For you to understand what is the impact of any law, any law that is created in any country, you need to conduct research. And you need to understand what the impact of a law is. And in order to do that, you have to run everything very well. You have to do it in tandem. It's not just about starting the organizations. You have to start the research at the same time. So there's a lot of work to be done. I
0: have no doubt. You've talked about cannabis in saying that you would not encourage anybody to take cannabis at all. We're going to talk about the negatives. I'm going to get you just to list those so that we can all be more aware. Are there not any positives of cannabis? Can you not see any good side effects or, or or results from smoking cannabis? Because there's a lot of people, obviously, that do it.
1: There are a lot of people that do it, and I think the effect of people that do it is that they can switch off, calm down. It depends on the level of THC. You can take a glass of wine and you can smoke a joint with a low level of THC. That will give you the same effect, depending on your tolerance, state of mind, etc. At the end of the day, we live within a society where, where we are constantly... Uh, trying to feel better very quickly. It's, it's like it's a mentality, it's a society we live in. You know, it's all about instant gratification. How healthy is that? And that is the reason why I will never promote uh, substance use or abuse, because at the end of the day, we need to learn how to understand what's going on with us, We need to be able to recognise what we really need. If a person needs affection and instead of going out and making contact with people, they sit on the sofa and smoke a joint, would I promote that? No. But would you have a glass of wine at home in the evening? Who, me? I have a mug of tea. I'm old, Trudy! (laughs) Let's
0: talk about the negatives. What are the negatives of cannabis? I know that some people, you talked about the THC levels, some people are prone to be getting paranoid, I, some people I know have 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 suffered from depression from it, but what can you list should we Should we be worried about people who are now saying, "Hey, listen, cannabis is legal let's let's smoke a joint."
1: I think this is a bit of a, a panic. You see the thing is this: if people really read the law, they have to realize that it's not this you're not going to go into shops and coffee shops and roll a joint or walk in the streets it's, it's it's this is not what's going to happen. it's about growing cannabis and selling it in, from a safe place. Let's make it very clear. So that's one but thing. But people can
0: grow their own plants now.
1: Yes, they can. It's not easy to grow. Just no, I, I, can I just
0: point that out? I know
1: it's not easy to it's grow. Easy. First of all, if anybody's listening and they smoke cannabis and they've been smoking cannabis and they have their system of smoking cannabis and they don't have these side effects, we have to recognize that there are a number of people who smoke cannabis and have no side effects and lead a very normal life and move on. So let me make that very clear. But in some situations, unfortunately, um, cannabis is not good for everyone. I mean, cannabis not good. Cannabis will affect certain people in dangerous ways. Okay. So all I am saying is that if somebody is smoking cannabis and they are beginning to feel uneasy, more anxious, paranoid, they are uh, not smoking for sure, the right amount of THC in their cannabis. And now when the organization's open, they can have a discussion with the people who are selling because the people will be trained to tell them, look, if you're feeling this, this is not good for you. This THC is too high for you. Lower it, take something less strong. Or these people need to realize that it's not something for them. Yes, if um, a person smokes too much or is already predisposed or vulnerable to suffering from psychosis, yes, a person can suffer from psychosis. They can be um, drug-induced psychosis. So if anybody is realizing, A, either that it affects them negatively, makes them feel worse, B, that they are depending on it to function, see that it's cutting them off from their normal routines, then there is a problem there. You
0: mentioned that cannabis will be available to purchase from recognised, licensed. licensed sources, which means that this is going to be controlled. Where is that cannabis coming from? Where is that being It's grown? going to be
1: grown in Malta.
0: That's what I want to It's not done. going
1: to be imported. It's going to be grown in Malta and controlled. Yes. It's going to be grown in Malta and the, and the place where they grow it, the quality, the monitoring, the security, the amount of money spent, um the amount of money that's being it's going to be all legalized and monitored. I assume that this controlled going growing of marijuana
0: is essentially not a profit-making exercise.
1: It's not a profit. It's not for profit. And we are going to create a system. We are going to create a system to ensure that it's not a profit. It's not a loss either. So we need to support the organisations also, that we we cannot put too much pressure on them so that they will end up at a loss, because that's setting people up, and we don't want to do that. And it's very important for the authority that we... Uh, what we want is that the organisations work with us, and that although even the word itself, the authority, you know, it it sounds very a bit, you know, like I decide what you do, you know, but it's not like it's not going to be like that. We want the people who are uh, running the organisations to be working with us.
0: Before we come to a close, and I'm going to close by asking what your plan is for the next three years. Before we get there, I want to voice a concern that rides on the back of how we open the show. We talked about COVID. We talked about the impact of COVID. We talked about mental health. Coming off the back of COVID, is this really the right time to be doing this?
1: I don't, I, you know, the truth is that you say that without the knowledge of how many cannabis, how many people there are already smoking cannabis. Um, And I think a lot of people are not aware of this. There already are a great number of people who smoke cannabis. And the fact that it is not obvious indicates something. If you do decide to smoke cannabis, then there is going to be a space, there's going to be a system in place for you to do it in the safest way possible.
0: You see, now you've changed my perception and understanding of your decision. And of what the authority is for. Because I have to be quite honest with you, I was fairly sceptical and shocked when I saw that the law had been introduced as a layperson. When I saw that you were involved, I was really shocked. But now (laughs) I get it. Now I get it. And I'm really thrilled, Mariella, that it's you that is leading the next three years. What are those three years going to
1: see? You're going to see research? Well, the plan is this. So basically, in the next three years, we are going to create a system, a system where every move that we make is being researched. So when we make decisions, policies, systems, and when we're doing this, because in our mind, we want to create uh, a safe space, harm reduction, um, and we want to educate and train and support society as a whole, the cannabis users, but also the rest of the society, the kids, the grown-ups, the people with mental problems, it's, it's, it is keeping all these people in mind. So everything we build and the framework, the policies, procedures, is thinking, trying to keep in mind everyone. The only way we're going to know how effective we are is with the research we conduct. And I am not afraid, and neither is the board, and this is the way things have to work. It is okay if we are not great in everything. We learn We move. And in these three years, we are going to have an opportunity so that the end result is something that is functioning well, that is accountable, because when you conduct research, you are accountable. It is not about what you think, what you feel, what you want. It is about facts, scientific, objective uh, results. And that is the aim in the next three years.
0: Fantastic. Mariella Dumecq, I'm really proud of you. I'm thrilled that you made that decision. And I'm thrilled that you could come on the interviewer and share your thoughts with myself and everybody else.
1: My pleasure always, Trudy. Thank you.